This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. A program for and about America's 78 million baby boomers. Here's your host, Freddie Bell. Hi, everyone. This is New Beginnings. I am Freddie Bell. Glad you're with us today. And coming up on the show, many of our favorite partners, including Label Sternbach and friends from AARP Minnesota. All this plus the words to the wise on New Beginnings. And our program is underway right now. Thank you for listening to New Beginnings, and joining us right now is Dr. Michael Osterholm. He's a Regents Professor and is a Vice President of the United States on Everything COVID. He joins us this weekend on New Beginnings, and we're hearing about a new type of way to fight COVID. It doesn't require a needle, but it could be administered through your nose. What's your take on this, doctor, and do you think it's effective at this time? Let me just share my perspective on all of this vaccine work that's going on right now and how absolutely critical it is. There's nothing that would please me more, excite me, give me a great deal of hope than someone to find a vaccine against COVID or for that matter, even a range of coronaviruses that provides durable long-term immunity and against the variety of variants or new coronaviruses that arise. So, you know, I'm, I'm cheerleader 101 right there. But I think we also have to be very careful, having learned from many of our previous studies on new vaccines, that early and supposedly exciting information doesn't always translate to a final product that delivers what, in fact, uh, we all want to have. And so I know that some will tell you that I'm a pessimist on these early uh, vaccines, particularly the mucosal vaccines, of being uh, any better than the mRNA or uh, chimp adeno vaccines that we have now. But I must say that, um, again, in this case, I will always assume a vaccine is proven ineffective till it's proven effective, kind of the reverse of what I say about variants. So I do acknowledge that this mucosal COVID vaccine research you just mentioned is important. Codagenic presented some positive results from their phase one trial of their live attenuated intranasal vaccine, Covalive. The study was a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled dose escalation study in healthy adults who had not previously received an mRNA vaccination. Now, let me be clear here. This is dose escalation. This is not about actually preventing any infections. Patients received two doses of the inhaled vaccine, which induced immune responses similar to those we see after natural infection. Now, it's important to note that so far, natural infection has obviously not resulted in durable long-term immunity. In addition, we have not seen that kind of protection even with hybrid immunity, that meaning you've had both vaccinations with an mRNA vaccine as well as having had COVID. So at this point, we have to note that this is very, very preliminary information. The T-cell responses for the study was specific to multiple SARS-CoV proteins known to be conserved across the variants, which is very positive news because T-cell immunity is going to play a huge role. Surely this can help uh, provide additional protection against constantly shifting variants. Covalix is also currently being assessed in a large multinational phase 3 WHO trial, and Codagenics was recently awarded a contract with BARDA 
as part of the Project NextGen for up to $389 million to continue their research and development of Kovalev. This will include a phase two trial of participants who previously received mRNA vaccines and will compare the protection provided by Kovalev and the latest mRNA vaccine. So to answer your question about the potential advantage of intranasal vaccines, there are definitely benefits to such vaccines. They're a needle-free option to stimulate mucosal immunity. They don't require refrigeration, so they can be used in low-resource settings. Additionally, uptake may be higher for those who are afraid of needles or for those who are more comfortable with a live attenuated vaccine, which has been a more established platform than mRNA vaccines. But I also want to urge real caution. We currently only have one intranasal vaccine available, flu mist, which has not proven itself to provide high levels of protection. And while COVID is not influenza, we've seen many, many failures when it comes to nasal vaccines. There's a lot of money being dedicated specifically to nasal vaccines, and I'd hate to see ongoing vaccine research become a one-track-minded approach, focusing only on those nasal vaccines. Now, again, I want to emphasize, I very much support this kind of research. I would love it if a mucosal vaccine was effective. But as we've seen with influenza, previous infection or experience with the virus uh, due to either infection or vaccination may very well diminish just how well the, the virus actually takes the mucosal area and how that immunity then sets up. Again, I just remind us all, if a natural infection with the virus doesn't set us up for mucosal protection long-term, why will a vaccine do it? So my skepticism should not be perceived as against this vaccine. But at the same time, I want to make sure we don't hold up all the other vaccine research that's going on. You know, right now, the NIH and CEPI have a remarkable collaborative going on in which they're looking uh, milestone by milestone, as we've laid out in our coronavirus vaccine roadmap, for what they must do to determine what are correlates of protection, uh, to determine, in fact, how we measure durability over time, etc. And I think this kind of research is absolutely essential and um, keep going with mucosal vaccines. But I wouldn't, at this point, for anyone out there, uh, tell you that this is the answer for the future. Dr. Michael Osterholm on New Beginnings talking about a possible new vaccine administered through your nose. And this is New Beginnings. Please say hello to Jetta Wiedemeyer. She is a volunteer and community outreach manager, and it's open season time, Jetta. And that means that uh, a lot of folks listening have a lot of work to do between now and December 7th. They absolutely do. Good morning, Freddie. I'm so excited to be here because I consider Medicare open enrollment to be a national holiday. It, it's not, but, you know, you got to be excited sometimes, you know, with what you got. So That's right. That's right. And so with the de- December 7th deadline, what should our listeners be doing right now to get ready for this national holiday, Jetta? That's right. You know, Medicare open enrollment is our time um, for our older adults in our life, whether it's ourselves, whether it's our aunties, whether it's our neighbors, to check your plans. And I know that some people think this is a little dry, but Medicare has an incredible impact on our health and our health outcomes and our ability to take care of ourselves. And most people ignore it and they just let it go by. They watch their TV ads, they get really tired of it, and they don't do anything because, you know, the plan was 
was good last year, it'll be good this year. And that, you know, it's a mistake. I mean, I always say, you know, it's a strategy. It's just not a good one. We encourage everyone to um, look into their Medicare plan. And if you think you can do it, people go to Medicare.gov. They they go into a plan finder. They, they put in their prescriptions. They put in uh, everything that's, that's important to their life. They're uh, people like specialists in their life. Do they travel? Whatnot. And then they, they get options. And in Minnesota, there's over 100 plans. So it's complicated. Now, that is a plan for some people that's completely um, organized and really tech-savvy. If that isn't your wheelhouse, uh, we've got some help to let people um, help them find a plan that's good. We have people on the senior linkage line that takes calls. We have volunteers that will meet with folks in person at 30 locations around the Twin Cities. Or we can do phone appointments. And if you've got an hour of your time, we can sit down and then bring 100 plans down to four or five and then let the person choose what's the best for them. Wow. We're talking with Jetta Wiedemeyer about open season right now for Medicare plans, Medicare supplements, and all the rest of it. So is this a core piece of what Trellis does? You know, it is. Um, we have a strong partnership with the state of Minnesota. They run the Senior Linkage Line. Senior Linkage Line is just a free statewide service to the Minnesota Board on Aging in partnership with Trellis. And we sit as the area agency on aging. Medicare Open Enrollment is October 15th to December 7th. And it's our opportunity to, to help people make good decisions. Now, people have a lot of options out there. Sometimes they go to insurance brokers or they, you know, look on the TV The beauty of the Senior Linkage Line is it's a free service. So I like to say that again. Mm -hmm. It is a free service. It is objective and it's unbiased. And I don't, you know, I don't care what plan my mama chooses. I don't care what plan, you know, your relatives choose. I want them to make a great choice that, you know, covers the prescription drugs that they need, makes the right opportunities for their health care. And so we come in as volunteers and staff to just um, help people and have conversations. We ask good questions so that at the end of the day, um, some people want high premiums and they want low deductibles. Other people need a plan that travels with them to Florida, for instance, or Phoenix in the winter. It doesn't matter what the plan is. We just want folks to, to to get the good plan. And Trellis does things related to pensions and dementia, and we do things related to Alzheimer's. And um, But this work during this fall season of our year is um, paramount in helping older adults and the people who love them. You mentioned the senior linkage line. Is there a telephone number or a website uh, for access? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are, uh, it's at 800 333 2433. Now, Freddie, don't call me in the evening. Don't call me on the weekend. I This is a state service. It is open Monday through Friday. It is 8 to 4.30. And, and it, it, you're going to expect some real you know, significant wait times. So the key is don't call on a Monday. Call a little bit later, maybe after the lunch hour. That's always a sweet spot. Or right when we open at 8. But people who want to go online and avoid some of the phone time, the strategy is one of two things. Our website is Trellis Connects. So the word Trellis, T-R-E-L-L-I-S, the word connects with an S, dot org. And so we have a get help tab. And so if you can figure out your way to that trellisconnects.org, get help, you can attend a presentation and we can sit with you and explain everything. You can attend um, a phone appointment or a in-person appointment for Medicare assistance. And then, again, you can control your own health care. But some people who want it all by themselves, there's a great website. Uh, the Medi- Medicare.gov is one, help, self-help. But then there's one called MN 
healthcarechoices.com. That one is the state of Minnesota created that for folks who are high tech and they want to just dig in themselves. Mm. They can handle that all. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're thinking, I need a concierge service, it's 800-333-2433. All right. So what if you already have a Medicare plan? Is this a time to change it if you're not totally comfortable with it as well? You know, that's a great question. Um, Everyone who is on Medicare needs to take a second look. You know, for me, I go in the grocery store and I cost compare milk, Freddie, milk. (laughs) If you're a person who will, like, look at, you know, this brand of yogurt versus that brand of yogurt and, and make choices... I, we talked to someone last week. They they, they did a, a petition a spouse to a spouse. They they chose to change their pharmacy, right? So it's 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 a medical moment is a time if you're satisfied with your plan and you're thinking maybe I can save a couple bucks, right? You might be good with it, and you might be someone saying I don't I don't like my plan. I need to change. This is also the time for you. But the greatest part is um, I talked to a woman Betty last week. And she said, you know, we went in, we had our appointment, and I said, what happened? And she said, we stuck with our plan. And I said, really? She goes, but I feel great because now I know that it's the best plan for me, and I'm happy with it. Mm. I said, you, it was worth your time? And she goes, yeah, because I have peace of mind. And I said, okay. And then, you know, you talk to someone who makes a complete change, and everything goes effective as of January 1st, and then they've taken control of their life. So, you know, it, there's no lose in this one. And if you can afford, you know, an hour to scroll on social media and look at your Facebook post, you probably have an hour to come in and just talk. And all you need is your Medicare card and a list of your prescriptions and, you know, some thoughts about, you know, what, what you want for your life. And then we'll just try to make you a buffet of options and take 100 plans, bring it down to four or five. And then the most important thing is because we're agents and we're not brokers, what anyone chooses. I just want them to make a good choice. So we give those four or five plans to the person and sometimes they take it and they, you know, they look at it and they make the decision. Sometimes in another week or two, they call us back. Mm -hmm. But the key is if we're procrastinators, this one is going to bite you, you know, where Mm -hmm. So do it early, get, get in, in the queue, get your plans together. Look at the TVs now and you have all those quarterbacks, you know, in the 1970s and eighties and nineties and they threw out football not the person I'd be want to be taking advice from. But, you know, you do you. That's what I say. You do you. <laughs> Happy weekend, everyone. On the lighter side of my desk, Disneyland is all decked out for the holidays. Disneyland and Disney California Adventure Park kicked off Christmas festivities on Friday. In addition to lights and decor, park goers can enjoy a Christmas fantasy parade, holiday fireworks displays, and snow at downtown Disney. The holiday festivities end January 7th. And scientists in Texas have discovered a new species of dinosaur. While a small fossil from the animal was discovered in 2020, more bones were found near a lake grapevine this week, and scientists confirmed it was an entirely new species. The small herbivore Latin name translates to Cohen Grapevine Jaw, a combination of Murray Cohen, who first made the discovery, and the place it was found. The dinosaur was likely about six feet long and between 20 to 60 pounds. A Dickinson woman has been handed a big surprise at lottery headquarters in Bismarck. The woman was cashing in on what she thought was a Powerball ticket worth $600. At the lottery office, she was told it was actually worth $150,000. And the San Antonio Zoo has landed the largest donation in its history, 
$10 million. The donation from the Ralston Family Charitable Foundation will help fund the first phase of the zoo's expansion campaign. It includes a new entrance in Plaza, a gorilla habitat, and an event center. The first phase is almost complete with the new entrance set to open next month. The gorilla habitat and event center are scheduled to be completed by early 2025. On the lighter side of my desk this week, I'm Freddie Bell. We've got more to come. Stay with us. The holiday season is here, and what better gift to give than the gift of positivity, enlightenment, and of course, good cheer. The ultimate holiday gift this year? Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. Available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and FreddieBell.com. Ensure the special people on your holiday list are greeted each day with a positive, thoughtful, yet uplifting message. So this holiday season, give the gift you know they'll love. Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. And now, our supporting partner, AARP in the Twin Cities. Hi again, everyone, and welcome back to New Beginnings. And joining us today is Kathy McClear, AARP Minnesota State Director. And Kathy, it's so good to talk with you. And we want to talk today about staying safe from holiday scams. And I have to give a shout out to Jay Happala, an Associate State Director. He is all things scams. We don't call him Mr. Scam, but he certainly knows a lot about them. <laughs> yes, in fact, Jay is our resident expert on all things frauds and scams, and uh, glad he does a great job for your listeners to keep them informed and up to date on on how to avoid those. This is that time of year, Kathy, when it seems that every predator is out there online trying to separate us from our hard-earned money. What would you suggest as we go into the holidays to stay safe? Yeah, you know, this this time of year is ripe for scams and frauds, you know, unfortunately. But the reality is we're doing more and more of our shopping online uh, and it poses some really unique risks. Uh, One of our surveys recently found that more than 75 percent of U.S. consumers reported that they had experienced some kind of a fraud and Similarly, a same share of consumers also failed a nine question safe shopping quiz. And so that's really frightening to think that, you know, we all like to think, especially in Minnesota, that we're very trusting, but we have to really approach that online shopping in a very skeptical way. Interesting. So how can we protect ourselves when we're shopping online when these uh, scammers seem to be more and more savvy each and every day? Yeah, so there are are three really specific areas. So online shopping scams, gift cards with zero balances, and stolen packages. So we just have a few tips to help avoid those. So first of all, when you're shopping online, make sure that you're visiting sites that you know and that you trust. And avoid clicking on offers that have that deep, deep discount on really hot items. I think the old adage of is if, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And so you have to be very cautious about that. Mm. So how else can we be safe with, uh, especially with gift cards? That seems to be the rage and it has been for a few years now. Yeah. So the safest way to give a gift card is by purchasing it through uh, that known retailer's website and, you know, make sure that you're, you know, because sometimes those those scammers, they'll um, they'll scratch off the code from those gift cards that you might want to pick up at your local grocery store or your local big box store. So make sure you're purchasing the gift card through your retailer directly. And I recall talking uh, with you and you mentioned the idea of having a camera near or on our front door to uh, beware of those porch pirates. 
Yeah, porch pirates this time of year. So important. So make sure that you have that you're either home when those deliveries come, if you're expecting one, have a camera on your doorbell um, or have a special place that's um, a secure place on your property or ask them to you know, place it behind a planter or ask a neighbor to um, grab that package for you if you can't be there when it when it shows up. Three great tips. And before we step away, uh, you're inviting the um, all of our listeners to join you for coffee and conversations. Can you mention that? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we have a great session coming up at the Mall of America at our Information Center, and that is December 13th from 10 to 11 a.m. Just join us for some coffee and a conversation on how to stay safe from holiday scams. We'll have some holiday treats. We'll have practical tips to stay stay safe from frauds and scams. Uh, And of course, folks can register and get more information at aarp.org forward slash MN events. Is there a number still out there, Kathy, for someone who's looking just to speak to someone about frauds or any issue that they're facing around this topic? Absolutely. It's the AARP Fraud Watch Network, um, and you can visit us online at aarp.org forward slash fraud watch network, or you can give a fraud specialist a call at 1-877-908-3360. All right. I know it's that time of the year. I want to, uh, on behalf of, of our team, to say happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays to you and all the fine folks at AARP, Kathy. And happy holidays to you, Freddie. And we'll talk soon because this is New Beginnings. And today is National Nachos Day. It recognizes a snack favored at sporting events across the country. In their purest form, nachos are tortilla chips covered in nacho cheese, queso, and other melted cheeses and served with salsa sometimes. We love nachos so much we top them with all sorts of things. Sometimes we even go overboard. We call nachos with an abundance of toppings loaded nachos, super nachos, or nacho supreme. Serve them as a snack an appetizer, even prepare them with extra ingredients as a full meal. Today is National Nachos Day. Get the most from AARP, including advice and support to help you care for your loved ones. Fraud prevention with tips and tools to help protect you from scams and fraud, including a free helpline if you've been targeted, a scam tracking map, and watchdog alerts via email through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. If you don't know AARP, you don't know ARP. More information at AARP.org. This is a news-oriented broadcast, and all information is educational in nature is not intended to be legal, securities, tax, or insurance advice. Please consult with the appropriate professional before acting on information heard during the broadcast. You're listening to New Beginnings. New Beginnings with Freddie Bell. We're back again and continuing our discussion on Roth conversions. This week, we are going to talk about how much you should convert to Roth this year should you max out your current tax brackets or the next or go all out and cover it all And what about Irma? Now let's turn our attention to your financial health in retirement. And with us is Label Sternbach. He is an Amazon bestselling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. So Label, last week we talked about how to know if a Roth conversion makes sense. Now let's talk about how much we should convert. I'm wondering, Label, is there some kind of magical formula you use? I know it's not magical, but it seems like it at times. I've heard a lot of people talk about 
different strategies. What's your first, what's your second, what's your third strategy? So when it comes to figuring out how much to convert, right, the the question, right, the, the fundamental question is really what's going to have the biggest impact on our financial security, right? And it's what's going to have the impact on our financial security in the next, you know, 10 years. And then the the years I really like to look at is between age 80 and age 90. And the reason for that is because during those years, or sorry, between age 80 and age 100. And the reason for that is that's where your required minimum distributions start to skyrocket, right? Almost everyone I see can make it through to age 80, no problem. Age 85, things start to deteriorate. And that's where that compounding impact of these decisions of, you know, you max out the Roth conversion and you were fine until age 85, right? But then all of a sudden things start to go haywire because the compounding differences, right? They, the, you know, 15, 20 years of compounding growth or loss of growth starts to really catch up to you. So the questions that I always ask, right? Um, so number one, right, if we're in something like the 12% tax bracket, then I always recommend, you know, almost always recommend maxing out that for conversions. Because the way I look at it is, well, 12%, we know taxes are going to go up. I doubt the 12% tax bracket is going to stay uh, long term, right? Uh, the lowest tax bracket has been higher in the past, um, is almost certainly going to be higher into the, in the future. So I think that's a worthwhile bet to make, right? Um, now going beyond the 12% tax bracket, that starts to become dicey because now we're talking about 22%, right? So if I'm giving you, you know, 20, if I'm, if I'm taking a 22% loss on all my money up front, that's a big hurdle for me to overcome, right? I need to, I need to have like almost a 50% return in order to get back to even, that's that takes a long time, right? That's a lot of money. And I'm doing all of that for the potential to save money on taxes down the road, which, you know, if if I know for sure that based on how the tax system is set up right now the, and, you know, where my income is going to be adjusted for inflation in the future, that I'm probably going to be in the 22% tax bracket, then, you know, that's that's a reasonable assumption to make. That, you know, um, depending on my outlook, right, maybe I'll max out the 22. And then if you're doing 22, you might as well do 24% and look at that because 2% more, right, it, that's nothing um, when you, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But the real question becomes, right, is how does that impact my financial security long term? How does that impact my lifestyle long term, right? We need to know the answers to those questions. Because just because we're saving money on taxes now, just because it means that in the future we can pull the money out tax-free does not mean that we're going to have more money at the end of the day, right? It doesn't mean that we're going to have more money to fund our lifestyle. And if we have expenses up front, right, we, that, that, that can be catastrophic for us, right? I don't want you, you know, let's say you have a million bucks. I don't want you giving $200,000 to the IRS on the hopeful bet that at some point in the future, you're going to save more than that in taxes. That's uh, that's an interesting uh, perspective there. We're, everybody, we're talking with Label Sternbach. He's Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety. So you mentioned maxing out uh, your current tax bracket. What are the pros and cons of maxing it out? And why would you want, even want to go to the next tax bracket? I know earlier you said, what's another 2%? How would you answer that? 
Yeah. So, so the reason for maxing out your current tax bracket, right, is well, you're already in in this tax bracket right now, and chances are, right, if you're in it right now, unless you're still earning money, um, unless you're still working and you're getting a paycheck, chances are you're probably going to stay in that relative zone of income throughout your retirement. So, if we think taxes are going to go up in the future, which, I mean almost everybody thinks taxes have to go up in the future, then why would we assume we would be in a lower tax bracket down the road, right? So that's the argument, right? And it's not necessarily a dollar and cents argument, right? Because if you map it out and you do the math, you may be like, oh, well, I'm paying more in taxes to convert the current tax bracket. But we know, you know, rationally, logically, we know the taxes are probably going to increase, right? There's a high probability of that happening. Um, And by the way, I, I don't know if you've been following the what's been happening with the treasuries, um, but we're starting to see some of those signs of stress that I've talked about on the podcast before that would be the precursor to taxes having to increase. And one of those precursors, one of those things is that the federal government cannot refinance their debt at affordable interest rates. And right now, the treasury, the you know, the auctions on treasuries, which is how the federal government refinances their debt has been the lowest it's been in a very long time because people aren't don't have the same appetite to buy their debt, especially at these interest rates when they can get better elsewhere. Or the big buyers like China just don't want money leaving their country. And so they're not rebuying, right? They're letting their their treasuries mature and they're not replacing them. So where when that happens, the federal government, when they can't get money from outside, they're going to have to get it internally, right? So at some point, taxes have to go up. I, I think that that's a given. The mm-hmm. question is, is what what are you going to experience? And based on your lifestyle, right, you're the only one who knows what your lifestyle is and whether you're going to be spending more or less in retirement. Um, but I think it's a fair assumption that your taxes probably are going to remain pretty consistent. Um, and the way I kind of look at it is, your taxes that you're paying right now, how are you relative to somebody who is working, right? Is the amount of income that you're taking out in retirement similar to a middle-class person who is working, a middle-class white-collar worker? Because if you're similar to a middle-class white-collar worker, right, meaning that you're living on somewhere like 100000 to, you know, 200000 a year, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. So somewhere between seventy-five and $150,000, let us say, right? Um, if you're living in that range, you're going to be the target for Congress, right? Because they're not going to care whether you're retired or not. What they're going to really be going after is the bulk of the working population. And they're going to be targeting taxes toward those people. And you're going to get swept up in that. Conversely, if you're at the bottom end of the tier, right? And your taxable income is, you know, at the federal poverty line because you're taking it out of Roths, because you're taking it out of, you know, qualified dividends or, you know, qualified interest or capital gains, right? And you're not, your your taxable income on your tax return is, you know, below $50,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're probably going to get all the subsidies, right? We talk about being a welfare state. It goes to the bottom tier workers, right? The people who are making the least amount of money. And that's where I want you to be in retirement. I want your tax return to look no different than the person who is managing a McDonald's, right? And is struggling to make ends meet because they're the ones who get all the federal subsidies. They're the ones who the tax code is a wealth transfer system and not a way of paying taxes. 
And so you really need to kind of, you know, do that math and say to yourselves, where am I going to be? And how do I position myself, you know, uh, so that I'm in that lower tax bracket? And so when you talk about converting, right, I, I want you to keep a few things in mind, right? We want to be in the lower tax bracket. So when we're in the lower tax bracket, take full advantage of it. When we're in the higher tax bracket, what's the difference between 22 and 24%? Realistically speaking, if we're willing to give up one-fifth of our money to save taxes down the road, then we should be give it, be willing to give up, you know, 2% more, right? Go from one-fifth to one-quarter. Um, the math does not change between, you know, 20% and 24% or 22% and 24%. Um, if it was the right decision at 22%, it's the right decision at 24%. And then finally, right, when you look at all that, you then need to say, will I save enough money over time and will it impact my financial security in such a way that I'm comfortable with? Right. Given the all the unknowns that I have and the really the only way to answer that question is to map it out and see what those numbers look like, because I guarantee you, you're going to fall somewhere in the middle. Label is helping us to uh, make some decisions with our Roth conversions. And I know you've talked about it often on this show, Label, about how the biggest threat to retirement is drawdown or the decrease in value of your portfolio. Can you share with us right now about how that relates to the Roth conversion question? And I guess more importantly, how we should be thinking about the hit we might take when doing a Roth conversion. Yeah, so we really, you know, when I, when, when I think about the financial decisions that we make in retirement, the, the context I look at it from is by asking these five questions, right? These, these are what I see as being the five major risks. Risk number one is drawdown, anything that decreases our portfolio value, right? Because at the end of the day, right, you know, the government says they're going to give us money for Social Security, but we know that behind the scenes, they're pulling the rug out from under us. They're doing everything they can to make that check as small as possible, right? And we know that they're going to run into funding problems as the retiree population outnumbers the working population, right? It just, that's how it is. It's a, it's a legalized uh, Ponzi scheme. Um, so we know that that's a problem that's coming down the road, which means that we need to make sure we have as much resources as possible to support ourselves. The other thing we need to keep in mind is that medical science and, you know, the cost of care and the cost of, you know, um, living a life of comfort, right? We don't want to be living on the streets. We want to, we don't want to be living as a ward of the state. We want to make sure that we're living with dignity and comfort and to to our standards. And so that means having resources to be able to pay for life, right? And so when we look at our resources, they are finite and we need to protect them. And we, the biggest expense that we're going to have in retirement is probably going to be taxes. So we want to make sure to protect against that. But by the same token, it's anything that decreases our portfolio value. So it doesn't matter if it's marked losses, doesn't matter if taxes, doesn't matter if it's paying retail, doesn't matter if it's a sudden and unexpected expense, right? A tree falls on our car and we need to get a new car. We need to make sure that when we're paying for that expense, we're doing it in a way that doesn't upset our long-term financial security, right? And so it may be worth paying, you know, uh, getting a loan and paying interest so that we have that money for the compounding growth over, you know, 30 years, whereas a car loan, you know, gets paid off in three or four years, right? And so those are, you know, we need to stop playing checkers and start doing, you know, calculus, playing, you know, three-dimensional chess, because that's really what retirement is. And if we're not willing to do it, the government has an army of statisticians who are doing it. Their entire job is to figure out how to take money from one person's pocket, give it to the federal government, and then slowly dole it out so that 
in theory, our country becomes a better place. So as an advisor, how do you walk that narrow path between uh, the people on the left and the people on the right? So for the average investor, how do you help them to navigate how much they should convert with Roth? So the, the the only question that I really think the you know matters right is at the end of the day how will it impact your lifestyle right and there's and lifestyle is a subjective thing right there's a, a subjective component and objective so the subjective is is I feel safe I feel secure right I feel like you know the fact that I want to make sure that the vast majority of my money isn't taxable in the future right I'm worried about taxes in the future. If that's what keeps you up at night, that, at night, then by all means, we need to protect against it. On the same token, I want to make sure that you know we're not paying, we're not protecting ourselves from the demons under the bed by but sacrificing, you know, having a roof over our table and letting very real monsters into our home, right? <laughs> so we want to make sure that we're balancing, you know, the potential disasters from the actual disasters. And my goal as a financial advisor is to understand what are the things that are important to you and then making sure that we have a financial plan that is sound and protects against the things that we know for certain are going to happen or we have a high probability are and uh, uh, a high probability that are going to happen and what we look at right and you know right now tax time this is what I'm doing with all of our clients is we go through and we reevaluate all those decisions and we say Based on where we are today, based on our assumptions, what do we want to do, right? And there's no right or wrong answer, but there is, you know, there is, does this make us more financially secure or less financially secure? And if it's something that's neutral, then it's something that, you know, that's a decision that's, you know, we then look at the subjective side, right? And say, well, it makes us sleep better at night, then let's do it. If it doesn't, right, if if all of a sudden it's teetering to the other side and it's making us not sleep at night because we might run out of money, right, or it's making me as your advisor feel like we might run out of money, that that is a conversation that we have um, because the last thing that we want is, you know, to sacrifice one, you know, one security for another. Makes a lot of sense. And unfortunately, Label, we have to leave it right there. You've given us a lot to think about. And that's all the time we have left for today. But you can join us next week as we talk about Irma and how it impacts your Roth conversion strategy. And a reminder, you can visit yields4u.com, classes and information, yields, the number four, the letter u.com. I'm Freddie Bell, and we'll be right back. We're here with you each week on New Beginnings, and it happened this week. In 1927, the Holland Tunnel opened. The world's first underwater vehicular tunnel connected New York and New Jersey. In 1940, the Walt Disney animated feature Fantasia premiered in New York. In 1974, nuclear power plant employee and political activist Karen Silkwood died at the age of 28. She was killed while on her way to meet with the New York Times reporter. They planned to discuss evidence she he had uncovered about faulty fuel rods at the plant. The story was the basis of the 1983 film 
Silkwood. In 1982, the Vietnam War Memorial opened in Washington, D.C. In 1986, President Reagan confessed to selling weapons to Iran despite an embargo. In 1992, Riddick Bowe became the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world with a unanimous decision over Evander Holyfield in Las Vegas, Nevada. In 1998, President Clinton agreed to pay Paula Jones $850,000 to drop her sexual harassment lawsuit and end the four-year legal battle that triggered the impeachment proceedings against him. In 1999, more boxing news, Lennox Lewis defeated Evander Holyfield in a unanimous decision to become the undisputed heavyweight boxing champion of the world. And in 2004, rapper ODB collapsed and died in a New York recording studio. He was just 35 years old. It was later determined that he died of an accidental overdose on cocaine and a prescription painkiller. It happened this week, and I'm Freddie Bell. Thank you for listening to New Beginnings. You can stay up to date with this show. All you have to do is go to Google or to Apple and download the Freddie Bell Radio Shows app. Yes, download the Freddie Bell Radio Shows app and you'll be up to date on everything concerning this show and anything related to Freddie Bell. More to come. Stay with us. As New Beginnings continues, we now take you to the spirituality portion of our program, where we introduce the Senior Minister of Unity South Twin Cities, the Reverend James Stacy. We now join Reverend Stacy with a program already in progress. Charles Fillmore, our co-founder of Unity, said, That is your divine name. I, or I am. No one can speak that. I can never say I, meaning Carol Moen. Only Carol can speak that divine name referring to herself and her creator. But none of the rest of of us can. You have no other name in your life, no other description, no other title that is as special as I. Or, I am. It is essential. Well, we'll leave this little debate for now, but just remember the importance of that single letter, that little iota, that little detail in your life. A greatly expanded perspective on this term, I am, is Christ, the Christ of God, the individualization of the infinite as you, the spark of the eternal, everlasting nature within you as God's creation. In unity, it was taught by our founders and other teachers through the decades, a distinct meaning when we speak of God as infinite and eternal source, the all of all. And then when we speak of Christ, yes, expressed in the amazing human being we know as Jesus of Nazareth. But in pure truth, the Christ 
is the spark of the infinite individualized. Do you get that idea? That of all there is, all there ever will be, all there can be, infinite source. There is a seed of that source in you. In you. In you. That's an idea that makes me want to say, wow! Wow! Think of it. Think of it. Do you ever feel disconnected as I do? Discouraged in my Jamesness? In my little me? Then it's time to recapture, rethink, refeel this truth, this divine seed spark, being, presence, the incarnation within each individual. Charles Fillmore said, we are each God's perfect idea of being. And he hooked that all together with hyphens. You are God's perfect idea of being as you. Eric Butterworth, the beloved unity teacher in New York, with his many beloved works, books, even Oprah Winfrey said that turned her life around his book, Discover the Power Within You. It helped her, helped her grasp before her career blossom this idea this truth, this power that has incarnated in your very being. Wow, Sharon, wow. So this Christ we can use in our prayer time. We've often heard in Christian teaching, to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. To pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus even referred to that in the Gospels. So far, you have not prayed in my name. But when you do, you will have power. You will have answers. You will have blessings. So I grew up in the church thinking, well, as long as I remembered to slap on the end of my prayer request the name Jesus Christ, boy, that really sealed it. That did it. But now I begin to wonder, I don't think that's quite what that mysterious teaching, what Jesus called us to do. To pray in the name If you prefer, pray in the name of God, of all that there is. But it's to pray in the consciousness, the perspective of that truth. So to pray in the name of Jesus Christ is to pray in that Christ consciousness, that great awakening, 
Now, don't be hesitant to pray in that nature, in that Christ consciousness saying, I haven't arrived yet. I'm not worthy to pray. I can't even conceive of Christ consciousness. But the great missionary, the great developer, initiator of Christianity throughout the Mediterranean world was Paul. And he had many formulas, many ways of saying, catch this idea of the Christ mind. Let the same mind be in you that is in Jesus Christ. Let the same mind be in you. You don't have to say, I'm not good enough yet. That's throwing it all to the future again. You capture that perspective. Well, let me get to my theme. The Christ within. Do you understand that within as a preposition, a place, a location. Ah, yes, the Christ within me. Within my mind, within my heart, the essence of my being. Yes, that is true. But the Christ being infinite is within all. So that word within can be a preposition a locator, you know, where something is located? Well, it's in Tim. You just heard a message coming from the Reverend James Stacy, the senior minister of Unity South in the Twin Cities. More information is found at their website at unitysouth.org. And here are today's words to the wise, keep your mind busy. It suggests the importance of engaging in mental activities and staying mentally active. This can be a way to enhance cognitive abilities, stimulate creativity, and maintain overall mental well-being. By keeping your mind busy with tasks, hobbies, or even learning opportunities, we can continue to challenge ourselves and prevent mental stagnation. It's a reminder that an active mind is essential for personal growth and a fulfilling life. From the book entitled Words of the Wise by Freddie Bell, Keep Your Mind Busy, Today's Words of the Wise. That's our show, and thanks to our special guests for stopping by and sharing information that we hope can change lives. If you missed any of today's show, you can subscribe to our podcast or just Google Freddie Bell or stop by my website of the same name. Thanks for listening, and remember that each day is a chance for a new beginning. See you next week.